Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nesting, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello. And welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast and live stream exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm Dane. <laughs> I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And we finally got here. Today, we are at the end of the edge of the earth. Spoilers, there is no actual edge of the earth. The, ed- the earth is actually round. But um, we do have yeah, some good earth- old spicy hot card reviews to keep you warm. Yeah, they, we, you know, we like to talk about shapes a lot on this podcast. The Earth is actually a sphere. That's a little-known little known fact. Yep. Um, so fact. it doesn't really have an edge as such. Back to the but, capital uh, You know, it's, in, in a metaphorical sense, uh, you know, who, all bets are off. Who knows? <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, this is, this is uh, the fifth of five episodes covering these player cards, right? We've definitely been... There were, there were so many new cards. Very exciting. Today we get to talk about... Uh, uh, the last yeah. ones. They've been they've been some long episodes, so appreciate y'all for hanging in in there. And uh, you know, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming of question mark uh, after this. I mean, yeah. What what really matters is for people to hear our opinions about cards, right? And 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 most importantly, what also matters is for us to state our opinions about cards early enough that it's quite likely we will be proven hilariously wrong. It's which true. Is also, a, which is kind of a tradition on this podcast. <laughs> so. I mean, with, with all of that, and <laughs> these cards have been out so long right now, we've actually just used some of them. So <laughs> yeah, usually, that, that usually look, we look at them blind, right, right as they come out. So yeah, that is, <laughs> this, that is true. That is <laughs> this extremely long yeah. release model has given us the opportunity to try some of them, although not this first one. Yeah, with with that in mind, uh, let's let's just start reading these. I'll, I'll read the first one. So first up, we have Enkosi Mabadi, uh, more like Enkosi Mabadi. Am I right? Am I? I don't know. I, yeah, I, guess I, I, I guess I should finish reading the card before we start talking about it. Uh, so this is a uh, this is a guardian and mystic uh, level three asset. It's cost four. It has two willpower icons. It's an ally and a sorcerer, and it has a reaction. After Enkosi Mabadi enters play, name a non-elder sign chaos token with a symbol. Until this card leaves play, the named symbol is your sigil. And then reaction, when an investigator at your location reveals a spooky token, or well, actually a cultist, tablet, or elder thing symbol, exhaust and Kosi Mabadi, search the chaos bag for your sigil and reveal it instead, returning the other token to the chaos bag, and it takes up the ally slot and it has two health and two sanity. So this guy is kind of a, he's like a token manipulation, kind of a, you know, chaos bag manipulation kind of a guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, the first thing that, like, so he's coming out in Edge of the Earth, so you're imagining that, like, that you're revealing these bad things, and then you're going to replace it with something that's going to benefit you for, like, everybody in the world immediately thought of Jim, because why wouldn't you think of Jim? You're welcome, Colin. <laughs> this, right. is I like, mean, like... this is, like, the Jim card, but there's also another use case in Bless and Curse Tokens, in that you can pull... You can force it to pull a bless or a curse token to like help your your bless slash curse builds happen. 
And I and I think in these in these colors, well, I guess you could play a Mystic that wants to draw curse tokens. It seems like it's more more likely that you might be playing a Guardian that wants to draw blessed tokens. But yeah, yeah, you could you could certainly do that with it. Um, you can also do like like Dane said, you could also just play Jim and you want to draw skulls all the time. Um, or even if you were playing not Jim and you wanted to play like the weird spells, like um, what's the weird one where it like does extra damage if you find a weird token? You know, Armageddon. Or no? Uh, so are you talking about uh, shards of the void? Yeah, it, it, like zeros? old cards that old old cards that no one ever plays. But like, uh, well, I guess <laughs> I guess you can't even do that because it, it has to be a chaos token with a symbol. So well, yeah, well that one has animate extra on it, so a lot of people like that card. That is true. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are very interested in that card. Yes. Um, it does, this is a very I, animate extra. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean. So, but so looking looking at this guy though, so you know there's a lot of allies in the game now. You got a lot of options. If you're a mystic, you've got uh, Doctor Renfield. You've got uh, Arcane Initiate. You've got some other choices. If you're a guardian, you got lots of options. You got B Cop. Even if you're a Blessed Tokens guardian, you have the um, Nef Nephthys. So there, there's other choices there. What what kind of deck would you be playing if you decide this guy? This is my guy. This is the ally that I want first. What kind of deck would that be? Let's <laughs> go on, Timmy. I think I think the best deck that i could think of to do this would be blesses would be like something to do with pulling blesses out i think like the symbols get really scary in the harder modes right like dan and i are playing through the circle the return to the circle and none right now and there's a lot of just like straight up you know minus four take a damage or like like just a lot of auto things so it might help in that respect too to like mitigate that to some extent but and two symbols to like commit. Not that you really want to commit him, but he's a little expensive. So like you could you could consider playing him in that kind of environment. But honestly, good, not good sure. or well prepared. Right? So you guys, Colin, uh, you guys are both wrong. Uh, the correct deck to use uh, this in is a troll deck uh, because you can pick the auto fail as your sigil and make it <laughs> so it's much easier to no. auto fail. Yeah, auto fail every test or a lot more tests uh, for everybody. Well, no, so. think about it. The, the survivor in your team can Ooh. get their take heart to fire every yeah, time. Yeah, right? that's true. So it's actually great. You combo it with a survivor that has take heart and uh, double drawing thin. Yeah. I do. Because this protects. Because auto fail is usually like uh, you fail a test. Sometimes the spooky symbols are like you fail a test and you take a horror or something. So right. like, auto yeah, fail is better true. to draw. When you're trying to fail a test with, with take heart or being stellar or whatever, then this let me the... can I I I have a I have a question for Rules Master Ben. Maybe the first of multiple questions. Uh -oh. What happens <laughs> if you choose a sigil and then someone seals the last copy of that of that symbol that's in the back? So your sigil uh, is no longer in the bag. Then you won't wouldn't be able to trigger the reaction because you're you can't reveal it instead of the symbol you have. Right. Okay. So so like because you can't trigger something when you can't. Uh, you can't trigger an effect when when the effect doesn't do anything. So, okay. Uh, another question. I don't even know if this matters, but suppose you picked the tablet as your sigil. Uh, if you drew a tablet, could you search the task bag for another tablet and reveal it instead of the first tablet? Um, I don't know why that would matter. In technically, case. yes. Probably. I'm not sure why you'd want to do that. Um, so, I, but, but I guess you technically could. Maybe in the I, future when we have like the super tablet that has the same symbol, but like a gold border or, or oh <laughs> yeah, can't, can't wait for that. Can't wait for that super tablet. <laughs> um, so I think like 
I, I really do like the idea of Ben's troll deck. That's a fun. That's a fun idea. <laughs> the reason I'm not super pumped about this for like blessed decks is, you know, you're already you put a bunch of blessed tokens in the bag. It's already kind of a crapshoot whether you're going to draw one when you want one or not, right? This doesn't really make it that much. It doesn't really get rid of that much uncertainty. It just increases the odds a little bit. Like it basically effectively turns maybe like three tokens in the bag probably into blessed tokens, which is nice. But what you really want is something like Favor of the Sun, where you just like can definitely get one when you need it. Right? Also fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. this is and this is like the fact that this costs three XP and four resources and takes up your ally slot, that just seems like kind of a high price to pay for something that like isn't really changing the the odds that much. Am I being too pessimistic as I often am, or, or is that kind of right? What do you guys think? So one thing that's interesting about this, I guess, um, is that it does it it like interacts with the tokens in a weird way. I was gonna make a joke about like ha ha ha, you can just put this out with Diana and then like put him under Diana, but he doesn't actually cancel or like do anything that Diana wants to do and to put her under him. It just says that you exhaust him to search it and reveal it instead. So it's yeah, not it like you're cancel assemble. It's like a weird replacement effect. And and yeah. I don't know if we've seen that before on a card, but. That gets around um, some weird weaknesses, um, like I think nihilism. No, not nihilism. What's the uh, Jackie's weakness? It's like you can't cancel auto fails or Dark something. Or you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't cancel like anything that says you can't cancel something. He doesn't technically cancel it. He'll like just redraw it. So that might be an interesting reason to play him. But I don't. To get to your your point though, Dan. I don't think that you're being pessimistic. I think it's it's tough to find a, a specific place. Um, to me, in chat said uh, like a scavenging gym to like get, continue to get grotesque statues back um, might be a, might be a fun build, but um, tough to see it being completely efficient though. I do uh, I, I like the guy's robes? Very very cool. Very snazzy. Yeah, he's he's enigmatic too. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think we're all a little bit enigmatic in our own way. Right? <laughs> Everyone, everyone's a little bit better. Anything else to say about this guy, or should we move along? Move on to the strangest card for me, anyway, Let's do it. in this set. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else to say about this gym card, so... Yeah. Next card is uh, Old Shotgun. It is a Guardian and Rogue card. Uh, it is level 2. costs 0 to play. It's an asset. Uh, it has a combat icon on it. It's an item, weapon, and a firearm, and it uses 0 ammo. While playing an event... Treat old shotgun's uses value as two. Action. Spend one ammo. Fight. You get plus three combat for this attack. Instead of its standard damage, this attack's damage is equal to the amount that you succeed by or fail by. If you fail and would damage another investigator to a minimum... Uh, I'm sorry. If you fail and would damage another investigator uh, to a minimum of one to a maximum of three. So, And it takes up two hand slots. Um... This card really confused me when we first played it, uh, when we first saw it. But from my understanding, it's if you play something with like like contraband or something, or if you play like extra ammunition, it like opens like a, a rules window where you can dump ammo on it. Is that right? Well, I mean, while when you if you play contraband, while you're playing contraband, the use is is two ammo. So that means. Wait, no, Contraband doubles the amount of ammo that's on it already. Or is it level right. 2 Contraband? Right. Okay, no. Level 2... No, what the... No, Contraband? Level, level, what do you do with Contraband? Level... So, <laughs> when, 
I think it's like uh, if you play like sleight of hand to get it out, which you can't do um, with taboo. But if you, <laughs> oh no! Well, okay. So, so, so what is what is funny is if you swift reload while you're playing swift reload, it's considered to have uses too. So you don't put more bullets in it. So it just doesn't do anything. Uh, swift reload. Like, like extra ammo would work on it. Contraband probably does, I think, although I'm not totally sure. But Swift Reload, I think, would not put any Swift, permanent bullets on it. Uh, Swift Reload says, place ammo on the asset until his ammo equal to use his X value. So while you play Swift Reload, its uses would be two. So if it had no bullets on it, it would put two bullets on it. Oh, I thought Swift Reload was like, add bullets until it has the same number of bullets on it as its uses value. Right, but while you're playing an event, its uses value is two. But, oh, but also see, while you're but, oh okay 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 I got it so oh okay so when you're playing an event it doesn't actually put bullets on it it just right it just makes it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's text say two see so, what I what I was thinking was like this is a gun that is meant to it, it's meant so that you can only use it when you're playing like a fight event that only works with a firearm because there's a lot of fight events that are like uh, fast play this when you activate a firearm asset. Like, there's one that's, like, spend a bunch of bullets, and each bullet that you spend is, like, you get to draw an extra chaos token and then pick the best one. And I don't remember what it's called, because it's not very good, and none of these cards are very good. Uh, but I thought it was basically, like, a gun oh. that you play if you want to build a deck around those types of cards. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um... About, um... But you're, you're right, like, Swift Reload would actually put two bullets on it. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of the card is. Riddle's right. Last Boys or something, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a... Ammo would, too... Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you could use like um, what's the shoot? What's the guardian ally that lets you like convert supplies into ammo? Supply, uh, supplier, venture, venture, venture. Yeah. Uh, like you could use venture to like at least put ammo on it. I don't know. Like it's zero to play, which isn't nothing, right? It seems, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just the the payoff. The payoff for doing all of this is not great. Like the payoff is you get a not quite as good shotgun I, I, because it doesn't the most damage you can do with it is three and i feel like the fun part of shotgun is trying to do like five damage i mean yeah but a two uh i mean it's like a two cost or two experience card that does three damage potentially we don't see that many Cost's of those two. no i mean it costs two experience and zero to play yeah, so like yeah. like if you have a way to like reload it that's not too intense in towards of a uh, um uh, yeah, it's in just, terms of like, like your cost, it, you could do it up. I don't know. Oh, it, yeah, someone in chat like, mentioned that you could like play with Ever Vigilant. Um, that would bring it into play with two ammo. Um, oh, interesting. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, like if 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 Cash Three like worked with for ammo tokens, not supplies. If there were, if it was as easy to put bullets on things as it is like secrets and charges, I would be a little more interested in this. But it's kind of hard to put more ammo on things. There's really only like three or four cards that do it yeah there's not a lot and and the issue is most people that can play this can play either the original shotgun or the sawed off shotgun right like the only people who can't play those that can play this are like uh people with like off class level two guardian or rogue like uh like like joe diamond i guess could can play this yeah william york it's it's people like that um (laughs) or even like 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 Dexter, I guess, can play this. Like, like there's, you know, there's a lot of random. Oh, interesting. 
there's a lot of random investigators like that, but it's not it's not generally amazing, right? Like this isn't generally great. I think I think like the theme and like what they're going for with like kind of what it's supposed to do, like what it's supposed to represent. It's like an old shotgun you found in a shed, some like double-barreled shotgun that's not actually meant for murdering like like huge monsters and not ready for that at all is really cool. I feel like it's it's like a weirdly very Dunwich card, you know? It's like it's just like something you'd find in a shed in Dunwich somewhere. Um, and like that's kind of exactly the environment that somebody might take it in because like Dunwich you don't have a lot of experience. So like this if 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 you can get this and and the ever vigilant thing is kind of neat. If you can just like somehow guarantee like with um stick to the plan and uh and ever vigilant to and just get two old shotguns and you can just play this very reliably with two ammo on it i don't think it's actually that bad it's not as bad as i thought it was i thought it was just completely i've never played this card but that actually seems like a neat sort of thing it does i mean the, the flavor yeah it does remind me of you can imagine kind of like a horror movie where the protagonist like finally finds a shotgun on the wall but like there's no shells in it and oh the shells are in the barn and against exactly. the barn we got to sneak past the monster like yeah. th- that's all very cool <laughs> i don't think i'm ever gonna play this like this this I is just a, this is this is a lot of hoops to jump through to get a pretty mediocre payoff is what it seems like i it seems like an interesting like, card like from like a story perspective like if this were given to you for free in a story as like a guardian who like already has some sure, stuff yeah. in it then sure yeah i'll put it in my deck maybe i can do stuff with it maybe it'll just be a commit but like as a two experience card that you're consciously spending to get in your deck maybe not so unless you're actually like preparing for it i mean i think you could try to build around it i just i don't know if there's enough cards to support it right now like if you if you get it out with ever vigilant and you like run ventures and you like yeah play contraband or extra ammo or something so you can reload it it is it is a zero cost weapon so that's something well, you get out for free but you gotta spend stuff to put ammo on it so bat bat boy is suggesting aod it which is definitely funny but, uh, <laughs> but the, the the problem is that like with aod it doesn't really matter the fact that it costs anything because even if it had a cost you would get it back after you aod it right so it's kind of and, and in fact doesn't uh aod like the bonus to, to combat is equal to the cost of it so you want which is zero yeah, yeah. You, you you want something you want something that costs like three or four for AOD really. What I think would be yeah. funny is imagine if this had another fight action on it, which was like club something with it. Um, that would be cool. It, but then maybe it breaks. Like that would just be cool, you know, like a baseball bat or something. Because because maybe yeah, going back to the kind of like really thematic horror movie thing, maybe you like finally find two shells, shoot twice, then you can't find any more shells, so then you just like break it over the head of something. That would be kind yeah, of yeah, that'd be neat. But, I like this card. Um, as, as weird as it is. I've been uh I've been playing a lot of Halo Master Chief Collection, and uh, the tricky thing about that is, I mean, obviously great games, but they definitely like slightly changed the controller layout for literally every Halo game compared to the previous <laughs> one. So when you go back and play one, like the Halo games are all pretty much the same, but like I, I, I you run towards something and you try to hit it, and you're like, oh, is this B or right bumper? Well, let's just let's see whether I reload or hit this alien in the face with a gun. We'll see. It's like it's it's a little it's a little surprise every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any anything else to say about old shotgun? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's time to move on to the next card, a pair of cards. Uh, on the trail, we have a Guardian Seeker uh, event. Uh, there's a level one version and a level three version. Uh, the level one version costs one, has an intellect and an agility icon. It's an insight and a tactic. Choose an enemy at any location other than yours. 
Either move twice towards an enemy or discover one clue at an empty at any empty location between you and the chosen enemy along the shortest path to reach that enemy. Uh, the level three version gains is uh, gains an intellect icon and a combat icon, um, and the effect is choose an enemy at any location other than yours. Move twice towards that enemy. Discover one clue at each location you entered by this effect. Um, so the higher level version, you can potentially get extra clues, and you also get the move effect. So you don't have to choose between the clues or move effect. Um, yeah. The art features a man with a lantern and two dogs. So, two dogs is better than one dog. The dogs well, don't seem that interested in um, actually looking around, though. <laughs> actually smelling. <laughs> I like the theme of this is like you're following the trail of clues or whatever. So this is probably like <laughs> this might be very good for Rukuru, right? <laughs> um, oh, that's can, a weird. You could yeah, just chase chase the Rukuru around the map. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might be okay if you're like playing Ursula and Monterey Jack, and you're not like picking up all the clues after each location before you move. Um, but otherwise, other than that, it's kind of weird because I feel like there's not too many scenarios where there's like a lot of clues in between you and an enemy, such that you'd want to like play a whole card that lets you move and get clues. Um, yeah. The level it's... three. Go ahead. Ben. The, le the level three version is definitely like way more playable than the level one version because the level one version is like. The action compression is you get to move twice or you get to testlessly discover one clue. Um, <laughs> which I don't know if that's worth... Uh, like I, You can compare it to... Um, I don't know, I forgot the name. What's the fast... The fast... Uh, hunch, hunch card? Hunch card. Working a, working a hunch. Oh, working a hunch. Co yeah. Costs two and is fast and you get a clue testlessly. Like this costs one, but it's not fast and it costs an experience. So I think it's rough to compare it to that. It's like it it just seems like it doesn't really do a lot right mm -hmm. like i mean uh you know it's picking up a clue it's kind of like a working a hunch that isn't fast but it works on the location adjacent to yours if there's an enemy in the right place or it's like a thing that moves you somewhere but it's probably not as good as like shortcut or the new join the caravan or something like i don't know like if it was in Rogue, I'd be like, "Oh, this is an adaptable target or something," but it's it's not, and it costs experience because there are a couple right. of scenarios where you might have to run around the map a lot. Like I guess I think we're all playing Circle and Done in some fashion. You guys are, are streaming it. I played it with my friends recently, but uh, like the for the better good, you sometimes have to run around the map to like deal with all the cultists that spawn and away from you. So this could help you run around and grab some it's of the clues along the way. Um, it's it's just it's just a lot of it's just a lot of conditions like if there was a card that said if there was a if there was a card that said like discover a clue at a location adjacent to you and it was like not fast and it cost one that would be like maybe playable but i don't know how excited you'd be to play it and this is like there has to be an enemy there you have to pick along the shortest route it has to be an empty location like you can't even discard a clue if, if some investigator is there i'm pretty sure right because it's not empty well, the oh yeah, an empty. Location. I didn't even notice that there was an empty. Like, the, well, the, the, empty thing I mean, is, the empty thing is just like what? I, I think <laughs> I think I will. It's very unlikely I will play the level one version. Um, is this somehow good in um, Joe? Because it's an insight. 
it, yeah. He, and no. he can play it fast <laughs> and for free. Remember that the main thing with Joe is you want cards that you can always play and get a benefit from when they exactly. are on top yeah. of your deck because it's already a random what card is available to mm. you. You don't also want it to be like a situational whether you can even use that card. Yeah. Is I I I think it's just a miss. It's an interesting card. I like the theme, but it's just, I, I think it's going to be way too hard to find. The level one version is just pretty bad, and I don't think the level three version is worth three XP when it's like pretty hard to find the right time to use it. Yeah, it has a like, weird number of icons on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's like four icons on it to try and make up for like I, we don't know who we would play this in, but here I, I, I feel like Dane will put it in like a really bad dog tribal deck at some oh, point. No, no, <laughs> not even, not even Dan. I I also do we do we think that uh is this somebody's art card for like an FFG person because it's a very detailed oh, maybe uh, oh, I, don't, I mean I don't we, know. we don't know we don't know it, it could just be an artist that was like painting from a model or something but I always I always wonder when there's like a person that looks yeah. like they have a very specific face I think, I think for the FFG ones it have more focus on their face than the dog's face if it was a yeah <laughs> maybe it's an FFG way. dog it yeah, well, that's what I was thinking maybe, maybe it's an FFG person that has two big dogs. That's true. I guess you isn't, have to play this in Barkham, right? Isn't uh, one of the one of the cats? Is one of the cats MJ's cat from a uh, Dream Eaters or something? I think I thought it was. so. Like the Zeal, Zeal Hope, whatever. But I don't oh, know. maybe. I think um, like so with this card, it's weird because you're either moving towards an enemy, which is definitely something that half the people that can take this card don't want to be doing. Which is like all of the seekers who are squishy as shit and like don't want to be dealing with enemies, or like you're taking this as a guardian who needs to get a clue at empty locations when they can just play like level zero uh scene of the crime or you know a lot of other things that have a lot of better symbols on them too is there some way that you can use this in luke like in a really weird way can he like play this at an adjacent location and like get i mean some really weird value off of it i think it would be like shortcut where you can kind of get an extra movement out of it sort of but it's probably but shortcut's fast i mean yeah the action compression on the level three one has a lot of high potential. It's just you have to like set it up. So right because it is there, two moves and two clues potentially. Um, I but it's three experience. Yeah, and I think there's definitely like there's specific maps where in solo where like picking up one clue off a location is really good. If there's like an enemy that starts really far away from you and you just play this in solo and you move get a clue move get a it's no you know what it's not worth it let's <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm fair. tired of talking about this. <laughs> my my patience is at an end of the earth. Uh, let's move on to Pocket Telescope, uh, which Dane played a little bit in our uh, Innsmouth run recently. Like like this much, and for and for cast listeners, I mean, it's like maybe the size of a. You try. It, Dane's trying know, to keep his fingers saying. very close together. So, but, but so you're but saying was... you have. You're saying you have a telescope in your pocket, but it's it's very little. It's a very little telescope. Is that what we're <laughs> is, that, is that what we're describing? Okay, the so, time in which I played this card. Okay, all right. So, uh, pocket telescope is a seeker and rogue asset, level zero, cost two, with an intellect icon on it. It's an item and a tool, and it says fast trigger, exhaust pocket telescope. Look at the revealed side of a connecting unrevealed location, and action investigate. Investigate a revealed connecting location as if you were there. Uh, it yes. takes up a hand slot. So, I'm going to lay it out right here. Every level first, zero rogue card is better than every other class's level zero rogue card because of adaptable. <laughs> because adaptable's in class, you can always use this on places that that might be yeah. great for. I mean, and that's is... exactly what we used it for. 
This that's is like pretty cool. This has like two uses, I think. I think it's useful when you do the blind run of any campaign because it can help. Because sometimes there's scenarios where it's like really bad to move into a location. Oh yeah. Um, so right. like maybe you want to be prepared for it. Uh, and then it's also usable in scenarios where there's like a random set of locations and you need to like try to pick the correct one to save yourself time or actions. Um, like yeah, Dane, it, Dane used it, it in the um, horrid high gear where like there's the forks on the road and we used it to, you know, avoid clue costs to peek at locations. Which was especially bro- especially, especially in cases yeah. where picking the wrong one is like really bad, like it wastes yeah. a lot of time or resources. Yeah. Which which is kind of the case in horror and high gear. Yeah, it kind of right. breaks the spirit of horror and high gear very specifically. Well, and no, like, but it's, it's very funny there. that while you're you're driving your car, somebody is navigating yep. like pull, using a telescope, and they're like, yeah. "No, take I, a I left turn, take a left turn." <laughs> oh, look at that bird! Uh, it is pretty you know. great. Just just a quick sort of rules question: If you're taking the action on this, so you're investigating a revealed location as if you were there, and there's an enemy at that location, will that enemy hit you because it's as if you were there? Kind of like Luke rules, or no? It's as if you were engaged with that enemy. That's what Luke says, right? At the enemy alley at location. Um, I'm curious so if this is basically I, like good. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because you you spent the action before the effect happens. Okay. So I think I think you the AOO opportunity is missed. Unlike Luke, which specifically says you're but, uh, yeah. engaged with it. But but if but if the enemy had text on it that said like if you discover a clue at this location, it AOOs you or it hits you, it would probably do it. Right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, let me. I can. Uh, I can confer with the giant list of but that's, uh, questions. But yeah, I, I. I feel like Ben has said before that the word that the words as if are like the most complicated rules thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they they made them simpler, but I still have to think about it every time. But that's checking, but that's a really checking. good point. That that's a really good point, Dane. Which is that so things like Intel report are really good because sometimes you have a location that you don't want to go to and you you right. need to clear clues off it, right? But the thing about Intel Report is you're discovering clues from a location where you're not there, which means if there's a place that's haunted or has a locked door, you can still investigate there. Or you can still get clues there without having to deal with like the haunted effect or the really high shroud value yeah. or the the locked door or some kind of treachery like Wondrous Lands or that, that stupid new thing in Edge of the Earth that we were just complaining yeah. about in, in Discord. <laughs> this doesn't get around any of those things. It lets you avoid actually moving to that location. <laughs> it maybe lets you avoid things that are like... When you enter or leave that location, it lets you avoid enemies maybe that are on that location, but it doesn't let you avoid things like a haunted effect or a locked door or a really high shroud value. Yeah. Uh, I looked up the rules for as if as uh, in their current state, and it says the game state's clearly altered for uh, the duration of the indicated ability or action from its initiation, including paying its cost and tax opportunity. So I think in that case, you would be considered to be at the location during its initiation, but... I don't think the enemy would actually engage you. Oh, God, I hate everything about as if. Uh, I this is. I mean, this is like this is pretty important to how good the card is. I exactly. think. I mean, I, I mean, even still, I, I think it doesn't change a whole lot in the sense that this is like a pretty interesting adaptable target, and it's probably not like a general purpose card that you're just going to put in a secret deck, especially because it takes up a hand slot, and you want to put magnifying glass or lock picks or something. So. Uh, but it's, I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's pretty interesting as an adaptable target for certain scenarios like horror and high gear. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think if there's any like specific scenarios other than that that it would be pretty good in. Like, there's in the secret name, there's like the the dimensions that you can go into, and some of them do like something to you when you get to them, 
It's like test three will yeah. for each point you fail by take a horror or something like that. So like in those cases, or even like Ben said, like in a blind run, if if you're kind of scared of going to new locations first, you just get an action, not even an action. You just, you just fast to look at the checkout, make sure you're going to the right place. There are some places that like require clues to enter in, in some like places. I know that in Edge of the Earth there are, but in, in like other uh, scenarios there are that like you might need to figure out which one would be the best place to go among two places that require you to spend a certain number of clues. This could help you with those kinds of situations. Other than that, kind of kind of mediocre. Yeah. I think if I you if you really want to do remote investigations, either build like the weird deck based around it with like in the know and stuff, or play uh play Luke. Yeah. yeah. Or both. I like it. Yeah. My uh, I'm I'm gonna my ruling on this is you're not attacked by enemies at the adjacent connection adjacent uh, reveal location because they don't actually go in your threat zones. So they can't make AOs. Oh, that's kind so, of interesting. Somebody in chat said use it with Rex because Rex will actually get an extra clue there. But it could be the I could be totally wrong. That's how I'm gonna play it until someone tells me I'm wrong. So okay. it it's true. Although keep in mind that because this has its own special investigate action, you can't mm. combine it with something like Archaic Glyphs or yeah. But that's fine or, or lockpicks etc etc you can use it with Ursula uh, weirdly but yeah I mean yeah. I, I I like it in if it does in fact not throw extra arrows I like using it in Trish to like evade a hunter that's like chasing you and like pick up a clue or something mm-hmm. like that could be a fun way to like deal with enemies that way so last last comment it could be we've we've talked about the potential of haste specifically for decks where like oh, the, sure. the, the action that you do to have is like activating something if you're trying to make like all of your actions be spent like hitting an arrow icon on an asset then like i don't know maybe maybe, maybe you put thing. this in there it's yeah I don't active desperation or if there's some other effect like yeah. lily lily has the effect where you have to activate three different fight actions if there's an equivalent or investigate or something in the future that could be cool too so speaking maybe. of the future or the past oh. <laughs> the next card is Precious Memento. And Precious Memento is an interesting card because it has two different forms. Uh, in Edge of the Earth, there are two cards that say for Precious Memento, but each of them is a different subtitle, and they both do different things a little bit. So one of them is uh, Precious Memento from a former life. One of them is from a future life. It is a uh, survivor and rogue card, and it costs three to play it's a level four asset both of them are both of them commit for two uh wild icons they're both i'm sorry from a former life is an item charm and blessed from a future life is an item charm and cursed um each of them have the specific requirement that there's a limit one pressure to memento from a former life per deck and limit one precious memento from a future life from the deck. So from a former life has two reaction abilities on it. The first one is after you fail a skill test by two or more, exhaust precious memento to heal one damage from it. And then the next reaction ability is after you succeed at a skill test by two or more, exhaust precious memento and heal one horror from it. It has three health and three sanity and takes up your accessory slot. And then from a future life has the two reaction abilities that are the opposite of those. So that says, after you fail a skill test by two or more, exhaust Precious Memento to heal one horror from it. And then after you succeed at a skill test by two or more, exhaust Precious Memento, heal one damage from it. It has three health, three sanity, and takes up your accessory slot. 
this is the first time we've seen like two cards that are the same card, but not really, right? Yeah, it's a weird, uh, weird twist on the cards, I guess. I mean, these cards are combining like the win, the fail more and succeed more uh, themes from Survivor and Rogue in an interesting way. I think. Um, let's see, the former life one. It lets you heal when you fail and heal damage when you fail and heal horror when you succeed. And the future does the opposite. So yeah. Um, I guess you should say the former life is also a blessed card which is important yep. for Mateo. Mateo and the other it. one is a curse card, which means that Rex can't take it. Not that he can take it anyway. Or no, I'm sorry, uh, that's no. a fortune. Never mind. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't think cursed has anyone specific right now that interacts with it. It does not. But um, and it, it's only healing damage off of the memento, though, which means it's right. kind of like a recurring two health or two sanity soak, depending which one you're trying to go for. Um, and it costs four experience. And Survivor has access to Jess and Peter. And, Peter. Yeah. and, and, and it, yeah, it just conflicts code. with other yeah. <laughs> it just conflicts with other similar accessory slot items like rabbit's foot and cigarette case. Mateo can't well, take it. It's too high level for Mateo. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it collect it, uh, rogue, yeah, has cigarette case, which is incredible. Um right. like, like the thing is if you're if you're failing tests reliably, you should absolutely have rabbit's foot. And if you're passing tests by two reliably, you should absolutely have cigarette case. So this is like a relic hunter. This is like a, your backup uh, accessory slot item, maybe. I don't know. I think the coolest the coolest use case that I've I've done with this is taking this in Bob, um, knowing that there's a parallel Agnes in my group, and shipping it to parallel Agnes so that she can have this like accessory that will just constantly heal damage for her, and then she can just keep because she can't natively take this. I think either of them she can't take. So having Bob to give this to her, specifically the future life one, I think, um, after you succeed a skill test by two or more, exhaust it to heal a damage from it, that just gives her so much damage healing because she's probably going to be succeeding by two or more. Does Paralagnus not have to put the damage on herself to trigger the ability to just take a damage? Not. Uh, like, she can like put Mark. it on... Yeah, she can put it on Pete, uh, uh, Jess. She can put it on um, leather coats and recur mm-hmm. them with scavengings. So this is an option if you're playing Bob and you kind of want to do that. But yeah, it's, there, there's a lot of other options for that. It's it's definitely pretty niche, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, good, good, well-prepared icons. I don't know if there's anybody that can take this <laughs> and well-prepared, but there it is. I mean, yeah, yeah anyone that has, like, subclass guardian, I guess. Or, Courage. As well, I thought, well, well prepared was level three. Uh, that is two. It's either two or three. Yeah. I solved it. It's anyway, uh, why, don't we, why don't we move on to the next card or cards? Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we got Professor William Webb. He's got a level zero and a level two version, and he's a finder of hidden connections. Um, the level zero version costs three, uh, is an asset uh, with an intellect icon. Uh, ally mis- and misotonic traits uses three secrets reaction when you successfully investigate exhaust professor william webb and spend one secret instead of discovering a clue at your location either choose an item card in your discard pile and add it to your hand or discover a clue at a connecting location uh he's got one health and two sanity takes him an ally slot oh and uh, he is a secret and survivor card and then the level two version um Differences are he gains a willpower icon, and his effect 
is when you discover reaction when you successfully investigate exhaust exhaustive and spend one secret choose an item asset in item card in your discard pile and add it to your hand instead of discovering a clue at your location you may discover a clue at a connecting location he has an extra sanity um so i guess his effect makes it so you can do both of the things right instead of the or yeah uh i feel like i should have put this in my bob deck for edge of the earth uh, just to try them out if i was gonna try them out at something um yeah yeah it's 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 kind of an interesting card because it's like a scavenging with a body kind of yeah i mean yeah you skip when you successfully notice that you can scavenge and you can also grab a clue off a connecting location i don't know if that part is i mean this is useful, sort of but... it, keep in mind like what we were saying with the pocket telescope was because you investigate as if you're at another location you don't get to skip things like bad haunted abilities right, right, uh, right. or locked doors in this case you do because yeah. it's it's like a sixth sense or whatever where you investigate here but you get a clue from there that that is kind of cool um i guess i guess and, trish can use it, him right she could use that to oh that's discover, right. discover a clue off for an extra you know discover two clues off for a connection or evade and discover a clue or something yeah, well, I mean, I guess you could... Well, you would su successfully investigate. Like, Trish triggers off of getting a clue, right? Not investigating. So right. you would investigate here, but if there was, like, a clue and an enemy at, a, at an adjacent location, you know, or two clues... Yeah, I guess. It's just, uh... The, the thing is, like, so he's he's got three secrets on him, so you only have limited uses unless you're putting secrets back on them, which you can do with... Uh, Seekers can generally do that with, like, Twine, but off-class Seekers like Trish can't really do it as well. Um, as for the scavenging thing, isn't a big part of what makes scavenging good that you get to actually play the item directly? Like, you don't That's just get it back to level the two. end. Well, right, but I mean, like, people don't, people don't get excited about scavenging level zero, right? Like, scavenging level two is, like, the thing... <laughs> We'll I think you also underestimate people, Dan. But yeah, that, that's that's kind of like the level two version is the, is that you immediately get to put it back into play. I think specifically what this is kind of going for, if you're not a survivor, is ice pick. Ice pick is like level three is the only thing that I can think of that would generate like kind of like enough value every time you crack it, you can pull it back from your bin and get and like it, investigate and it's fast, so you can immediately play it again, get two clues with it, etc. So like, so that's kind of a neat engine. So if you so suppose you have this guy on your board and you have an and you have a, a an ice pick in hand, you can play the ice pick, investigate, use it. Does the timing work out that you can immediately get that same ice pick back when you succeed in on investigating? So, so, oh, the level three ice pick is the one you discard, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, so it's during during a skill test you can exhaust it. And then if you succeed, you can discard it. This one's when you successfully investigate. Uh, I guess win, win triggers before if, and those are both on the same step of the test. So I think no, because I think you would trigger William first and then trigger ice pick. Ice pick. Gotcha. Okay. That's too bad. But, you know, the yeah. fact that you would you would still have to, like, you would still have to also have a way to put secrets back on him. It's a little bit like Rube Goldberg-y kind of. Yeah, yeah. Batboy is asking an interesting question in chat. Uh, can this find a clue from two locations away with the pocket telescope? So you, uh -huh. you investigate from the next location with pocket telescope, and then you use 
Professor William I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes to that. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Because it's just like Luke where you can like uh, <laughs> use shortcut to go to two spaces, right? You know, type of thing. So... Now, what if you what if you used Luke to play? What if you played that event that gives you? I, I don't know, but I think you could chain this even further. Right? Like if you're, you're playing Luke, can you can, as as yeah, if um, is a horrible rabbit hole uh, <laughs> to go down that doesn't that usually doesn't even break the game. It's just very complex. Um, speaking, Luke, speaking of rabbit holes, you could use rabbit hole to upgrade this guy. So um, I guess, no, but I think there's uh, some wisdom. I I like this guy's art. He seems like a, a chill, weird dude. <laughs> I like a lot of the other new allies we've seen are cost a lot of XP and money. This guy, I mean, obviously he doesn't give you static boost to any of your stats, so he's just kind of worse. But you know, level two XP isn't that much. Three is like pretty affordable. He's at least not too expensive. I I, I don't think he's amazing, but he's he's kind of interesting. Me. Last thing I would say though, uh, any ally with like one health. There are encounter cards in multiple campaigns that will kind of like snipe an ally that only has uh, one health or horror. Yeah. Without spoiling anything, there might be a card kind of like that in Edge of the Earth. So, oh, maybe that's reason know. not to take him on my Bob. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about I mean, it because I... it's kind of like you you have him and lets you like commit the item first if you want and then pull it back or something. Because the Bob deck has a lot of items, he can't play them all. Uh, so it'd be good yeah. to be able to quit him and stuff. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, don't know. I, I think I'll try. Him. I might try him on Bob. So you might be seeing him whenever we we could be to continue our Edge of the Earth campaign, Dan. <laughs> and that and Ice Pick. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the next card. So next up, we have a Seeker and Mystic event that is a level two, cost one, and it has an intellect icon and an agility icon. It's a ritual. It's called Protecting the Anirnik or something along those lines. Uh, and it says, Fast, play after an ally asset at your location is discarded by a card effect or is defeated. Either return that asset to its owner's hand, or its owner draws three cards. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It kind of reminds me of Sacrifice a little bit, the Mystic card. Um, three cards is three cards for a fast event that costs one is pretty nice uh that's like it's not quite as good as cryptic research but it's level two instead of level four um i mean there's there's certain allies that you like use them up and then you uh try to murder them so you could play them again uh like mr rook or jeremy or even even web that we just looked at could maybe find that i (laughs) i definitely have had the experience multiple times of having a jeremy on the board and also having another jeremy in my hand and wanting the jeremy on the board to die very very badly <laughs> um but the the thing that's frustrating is this card doesn't really help you do that right, like right. this card doesn't it doesn't help you kill an ally that you want to replace it just lets you benefit more from when they're when they go away on their own kind of it's interesting because like most of the most of the um the cards that trigger off of like the death of somebody like for example um decorated skull which i'm going to talk about in a minute um but uh those things only care about if it's being defeated but this actually cares about if it's discarded by an effect too that would be like your crypt chill right or like like something that just unceremoniously just takes it off the board for whatever reason your vice and villainy etc so like this can also be used in that circumstance. But, but yeah, but it's not... nice for saving an important ally that you don't want, like you only have one yeah. copy of, or you don't have a copy ready to go. So 
but it doesn't it doesn't work with calling in favors because with calling in favors you're not discarding the ally you're returning it to hand that's already. right yeah yeah uh oh so i need to uh put out a retraction immediately because i forgot how bob works he can't take web or ice pick because he doesn't have access to high level survivor cards <laughs> that's what i yeah, yeah. Oh, i guess he could take level man. zero web but that's not as fun so, so womp, womp. with with uh, this card though i'm playing two different decks in two different campaigns so i'm playing through carcosa right now with somebody for the first time and i'm playing norman with a whole bunch of expendable allies with mm-hmm. uh, tony who has uh, upgraded uh, decorated skull Upgraded decorated skull is absolutely bonkers, especially if you could trigger the extra draw from uh, Norman. <laughs> and um, this card, if you're playing like medical students and you're playing art students or, or like laboratory assistants or whatever, is is really really cool because uh, you know once your lab assistant or whoever dies, you can as Norman draw four cards. And then um, with with Daisy, uh, we're doing kind of the same thing. So Harrison's playing. Um, uh, Larry Anderson with uh, sled dogs, which is amazing, and guard dogs as well. It's just a whole, it's a dog deck. And and Daisy is doing um, a whole bunch of students go to the South Pole and get murdered. So this is definitely going in my deck immediately because uh, I'm I'm playing a whole bunch of medical students to tamper the damage on our on our allies and stuff like that. So uh, it's going to be really good just just to draw three cards fast when something that I know is going to happen is going to happen. I'm pretty excited about it. The the main use that I can think of for this is specifically so for Agnes, who is probably going to play Arcane Initiate and and or maybe I mean Agnes is mainly going to play Peter, and this doesn't really this isn't great for that. But suppose someone else in your group is playing Peter, or you don't want to play Peter for some reason. Maybe you just play Arcane Initiate and like David Renfield, and you can just put damage and horror on them, and then you just play this to either bounce them back to your hand or draw a bunch of cards. Um, yeah, like like if you if you have a way because Agnes is going to play like Forbidden Knowledge and stuff, she's going to have ways to kind of take horror on command. Yeah, make her. So if she has an ally that's not being useful anymore, she can probably like kill it, play this, and get some cards out of it. And that's yeah. kind of right. Um, I mean, and, and, and she doesn't she doesn't have that many ways to draw cards either. So the card draw is pretty strong. Um, yeah. Last last thing I would say is. Um, Maybe also if you're playing a Roland or Joe deck and you're playing Beat Cop and you don't have healing, you don't have ways to like heal Beat Cop. So you're like, okay, I'm going to just let the Beat Cop die from using its ability, but then I will bounce it back to hand and play it again. That's expensive, but it's something you could think about. Yeah, you brought up Arcane Initiate and uh, Mr. David Renfield. Uh, I feel like Marie would like this too, because <laughs> she can freely kill us off and then replay them <laughs> to, to get saved doom out again so oh and with this this when baron samedi goes away you could play this i think right? <laughs> you wouldn't want to return the hand <laughs> you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you could draw three cards uh, man, so that, a couple uh, things. Would, oh no, he's it, not it an ally. Also, he's an avatar. Uh, it, it would also. Oh, that's too bad. It would also be very funny to play this in uh, Ursula when you play her extremely useless ally, Mitch. You could play Mitch and then immediately Jake? let him die. Or sorry, Jake. I, I got confused. You could play Jake <laughs> immediately, let him die, and then draw three cards. All right, Jake, get the hell out of here. I'm I'm, I'm drawing cards. You know. So like. There's a couple things with this card. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Dexter because isn't Dexter's ability a card effect? So couldn't uh, you like, if yep. you transform David Renfield into like a liquid courage or something, can't you just return David Renfield to your hand and then like play him again next turn or something? Yeah. Cause yeah, that'd be a card effect. Um, that boy in chat mentioned like hope and zeal. 
and like mysterious rain oh yeah beat cop even beat the effect on beat cop itself like level zero beat cop uh is a card effect yeah. that discards itself right so all those things you could trigger it off of i mean level level zero beat cop is so bad we usually don't even bother but yeah i mean i it, you definitely have to put in some work to to think of what decks this works in but it's it's not it's, it definitely has some potential does this work with um like Tetsuo and um, Brother Xavier, like when they die and get defeated, can you trigger their effect and then pull them back to your hand? Uh, Probably. Yeah. So this is the Tetsuo is win. So that would be before protecting goes could be fired because protecting's after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben's just Ben's just so not even yes. trying that that third word. No, I'm nice. not. That would be insulting to an entire people. I'm sure. So. I don't wanna... <laughs> that's yeah, fair i can't i can't die i can't try to do that so but yeah no i think i think yeah anything the, the timing is after so anything that you could trigger before um on a card you could trigger off and get extra work out of them so nice probably some fun combos you can do with this and like as dan said it, it's not quite as good as cryptic research because you know it's it's it has a requirement for when you play it and it costs one but it's less experience more people have access to it Oh, it's that Tommy can't play this card. This would be the cure for his weakness. That's so terrible. Well, there's definitely <laughs> a lot of design space for cards that are like Cryptic Research, but not as good to still be excellent. So, you know. <laughs> it is half of a secret card. I mean, other you can play this on other people, right. right? So, like, if you're playing with Tommy, you could throw this in your deck to help them out. Um, like, if you're playing a seeker, you already have a million card draw. You could put a card in your deck that helps your allies uh, occasionally draw a bunch of cards. You know, yeah. And, like and that's not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on to the next card. <laughs> the next card is Protective Gear. So this is a uh, Survivor and a Guardian card. It's a level two asset that costs four to play has a will icon and an agility icon on it it is an item and an armor uh, as a reaction when you draw a hazard treachery deal one damage and one horror to protective gear cancel that card's revelation effect uh and then it has three health and three sanity and takes up your body slot after what you've seen you intend to sleep in it <laughs> it's a weird image but anyway um this card is like weirdly good in specific scenarios namely for like for interesting um one shot uh standalone scenarios like the blob there are some hazards that are just really annoying to deal with that this actually just like kind of can get get out of there pretty quickly um if you've got a way to heal assets like through solemn vows um if somebody had put through a solemn vow on you you can pull things off of it um it's just it's if you're tricky because you go back it's tricky because you have to heal both horror and damage off of it which i feel like is, is kind of a tall order but yeah if you can do it I mean, if there's a campaign that has a lot of hazards that are like, I want to ward this three times, like, not even worry about healing it. Um, Dane, you were were saying Innsmouth has a lot of hazards, is that right? Yes, that is one of the things that has, like, a a strange number of hazards, especially in, like, horror and high gear and stuff like that. Yeah, horror and gear is a lot of hazards. um, Are are hazards generally kind of, like, you know, things in your, like, in physical space that are, like, dangerous? Like, like, you know the the pit card that's, like, a hole in Pallid Mask? Is that, like, a hazard, for instance? That, Uh, oh, yes. Yep, that's a hazard. I think that would be, yeah. I'm just trying to, like, kind of get a mental model of, like, what, how, how often, how many encounter cards are hazards, kind of. There's a weird amount of them. (laughs) <laughs> or like 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 rotting remains is that a hazard? 
Probably not. No, no but Crypt Chill is Grasping Hands, okay. Obscuring Fog. Yeah, I, I imagine it's things that are kind of like weather or natural disasters or, or like obstacles, yeah. like physical, th- those sorts of things. So, th- yeah, there's there's a fair amount of those. Yeah, this is I don't know. It is it, it is kind of expensive, right? It is four dollars. That's the thing. Yeah, like you're you're playing allies like in these classes, anyways, that are kind of expensive, like B cops, and uh, well, that's that's kind of it. Um, but like for the, for this, it's four to play on top of that. So unless you have a way to like you know maybe you can. Um, What's the card that we were just talking about that plays it for one at the beginning of your turn or whatever? I don't remember. But um, ever vigilant, yeah, ever vigilant, or you can geared up this, and it's kind of a little, little better. Well, and and you know, early in the game, people don't really play this anymore. But early in the game, you would sometimes put in a bulletproof vest or elder sign amulet into your that deck is true. if you were if you were just worried about taking horror and damage. And those are also expensive. Like this is, it 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 soaks both damage and horror. It's a lot of money, but like. It's not totally crazy to think that you might play this. I mean, for I Tommy, know, for Tommy, a he could game. he could probably get his money back for it. Um, oh yeah, I, it is a, it is a pretty cool Tommy he, card actually. Yeah, even even if he just uses it for the soak, uh, yeah, it could be pretty nice for him. Uh, and I guess Bob can help pay for it. Yeah, Bob, Bob can pay for it. I don't know. Yeah, I think you have to, like... I don't think this is a card you just, like, put in your deck for a blind run. It might be one you strategically pick for, like, a standalone or certain campaigns where you're really worried about some of the hazards. So... Yeah. But I think it's definitely playable in that fashion. And I think Tommy Tommy might just play it as a soak card. Uh, you could definitely consider it. So... Uh, can Bob, I like can the Bob idea buy this of, card? Uh, no. I, I like the idea of, like... We, we joke sometimes about, like... Uh, it's like an in D&D where players eventually learn to like listen before every door before they open it, like never go around. Like like players become like extremely cautious and paranoid. Yeah. This feels to me like if you've dealt with the mythos enough as an investigator, you would eventually learn to like go everywhere wearing like a full suit of armor carrying a flamethrower, never looking at any type of book or looking at text, like never talking to anyone who seems weird. Like you would you would just become like a weirdo. Yeah, I mean like, that, I, I, that is the just I, I like this card. Idea. So. Yeah. Definitely like cool. that. You intend to sleep in it. it says yeah, it on the yeah. card. Yeah, which I mean, D and D usually uh, means you get a penalty of some kind. Uh, you know, it's not comfortable to sleep in, but they might take that out of fifth edition actually. So I think you can sleep in heavy armor, and no one cares. So, <laughs> all right, why don't, we, why don't we move on to the next card, which is mind to read. All right, so yeah, quick draw holster. Uh, this is a guardian and rogue card. Uh, cost four, level four, asset, uh, has one combat and two agility icons. It's an item, tool, and illicit, which means uh, Preston can't take it. Uh, but Finn, <laughs> but can. Finn, but Finn can because it's illicit. Finn can, yeah. So uh, choose a firearm asset, taking up only one hand slot in your play area. Attach it to quick draw holster, or switch it with a the attached asset. The attached asset takes up no hand slots. Limit one attached asset. Uh, free trigger, exhaust, quick draw, holster, perform a fight action on the attached asset without paying its action cost, takes up a body slot. This is the coolest card that I will probably never play. I I have a question for Rules Master Ben. Oh, um, I, I mean, I, I, no, no, I think this is an easy one. Uh, perform a fight action on the attached asset without paying its action cost. That means you still pay the ammo if, the, if it costs ammo. You still basically pay every part of the cost except for literally spending an action, right? Right. Yes. I think so. Now, 
in in theory, if, if it said like as an additional cost, you must take a horror or something like that, would also still apply. As uh, here's a question: I don't think this currently exists. Suppose they make a one-handed firearm asset that has a activated ability that costs two actions or three actions. Would you be able to use this on it, or would it just save you like? Would it just reduce the number of actions by one, kind of? Like sledgehammer, but if it were like one handed. Yeah, imagine imagine if sledgehammer was a firearm. I I think I think it just (laughs) dodges the action cost overall, but yeah, could be wrong. Like my 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 guess is they'll never do that. An actual example is like if you have whatever card that makes you cost extra action. Yeah, frozen in fear. Because that means your first action costs two actions. This is let you dodge that because you're not paying the action cost. It still says you're performing a fight action though, so maybe it does cost an extra action, but you don't have to pay it. Not sure. Like yeah, like maybe it costs one instead of two. It's it's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Dane, you you definitely wouldn't play this. I mean, I I feel like I'm kind of skeptical of it, but like I, I'm always kind of a jerk. Like <laughs> you you wouldn't you wouldn't put this in like a a, a Tony deck or like a, a Guardian deck, like just to kind of be able to shoot more in a turn. So that's the thing, like. I was, I'm actually playing the, the Norman and Tony uh, playthrough. My friend was like, quick draw, sir, this is so cool. And it is a cool card. It's got Delilah on it. It's obviously cool. But um, he has Lonnie and he wants to just like infinitely heal with Lonnie and, you know, like, like heavy furs or whatever. And you're sacrificing your body slot to this just to do that. That said, I, I don't think it's a bad card. I think I think it's really cool, and I I, I might play it at some point just because uh, it has a really weird interaction with um, Galvanize, because Galvanize is a card that like nobody's ever heard of. But <laughs> Galvanize says to ready a Guardian asset you control at your um, at your location, and then you have an additional action during your turn, which could be a fight action. So you could potentially like ready this. And, uh, you know, if you're playing like Mark or somebody with like a 32 or something like that, you could take two additional fight actions that turn. So you get five fight actions because Galvanize would ready this, right? And then you could take an additional fight action, which this doesn't need to use. So you can use that fight action and then use the quick draw holster or, or whatever. And that's kind that of that is cool, pretty cool. cool thing that you can do with it. Um, so like there's my, a build I'm sure that you can do that with. My, my thoughts on this was, I mean, we, we talk about like how action compression is really good for Guardians, because you have one big turn where there's like three enemies on the field, and you want to be able to do a lot of fighting. So in that sense, this, is, this could be pretty strong. The downside is like, you don't generally, if you're going to be able to do more things on your turn, you would rather like make each individual fight more powerful or have ways to ping things like beat cop, rather than just like doing extra fights, because... This way, it costs more ammo. You have to do more tests. You have to commit more cards if you if, if the difficulty is difficult. So it's not like exactly what you want. Um, but I kind of like it. I, I guess another issue is it's. I feel like firearms are a little bit out of style right now. Almost like it seems like a lot of decks are using like the big hammer weapons that have just come out. Um, we, like we've seen a lot of good like two-handed melee weapons lately. So maybe guns are are not as popular as they once were, but. I mean, I could kind of see playing this in Mark because Mark's favorite weapon is the like the 32, or at least the way that I tend to play him, right? And, and the 45, like, yeah. The 32 comes with a lot of bullets, and if you get the upgraded one, you can even just return it to hand and play it again when you run out. Um, and and like Mark, unlike uh, what Dane was talking about, Mark is probably not going to use his body slot generally, so it's 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 worth thinking about. I wish it didn't cost four, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it costs a lot, and it's a lot of experience, but. I was like trying to compare it against like Abigail, who kind of does the same thing but with tomes. 
and oh, sure. also also better. I mean, she yeah. takes one ally slot. She costs less, which is a more valuable slot. Um, and she obviously can get she, but she also has soak, and it lets you basically free trigger a tome again after you do the action. So I was I was trying to think like if this is better or worse than that. I feel like it's worse because it's a multi-class card and not a secret card. But um, yeah, I, I like Dan's Mark deck idea. I think. Again, now I'm trying to figure out how all these cards can possibly work in Bob because it's like, oh yeah, he has access to um, green. <laughs> to green. Lil- Lily, of course, can't use this because she can't use freaking firearms, so, so, <laughs> so she she can't use it even though it's half guardian. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Bob can Bob can maybe buy some. Level, there's like some rogue uh, one-handed weapons. Like what's the one that came in Winterfred that might? It's like pretty okay. The Mauser. Yeah, the Mauser. The yeah. Mauser. That's the thing because like you're either looking. I mean fight actions are never bad right like like mm-hmm. what dan was saying like with with the 32 mark has enough combat obviously that he can just he can just shoot a 32 and pretty reliably hit tony is another one who can kind of do that but like the succeed by thing generally he can do that as well and the succeed by thing is like mark can just consistently pump out damage and more damage with this with the smaller firearms whereas tony can use like guns that do more like the Mauser, for example, that will get, give him money back. Hopefully, he succeeds, or else it exhausts. But like for something like the thirty, uh, what's the, the the Derringer? The upgraded Derringer for me is probably the most interesting thing with this because if you succeed by three, you get an additional action. So you can like do some really funny stuff with like getting an extra action with this and shooting like four times and get it. No, I guess it exhausts itself. Never mind. But you can you can do that and get another action off of it, and then you know shoot it again or whatever. But there are there are a few other cards we haven't mentioned that combo well with like doing extra fight actions. There's payday, which we don't typically think is a great card, right. but if you were if you were trying to build a deck around it, this would sort of help you with that. There's also Kenai, right? Because Kenai gives you a bonus that lasts the entire turn. Oh, so right. if you're you know you the kind of cost of having to do a bunch of fight tests isn't so bad if your way of boosting them is a thing that lasts for your entire turn, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess would would this trigger haste too? Do fast effects that are like that ability? Because it says take that action without paying its action cost. So I think I, think, uh, I don't know. I'll let so, that answer that. This one, it's a free trigger. This one is a little weird because it's it's giving you an extra action. I think um, that you are actually taking the action, as opposed to like sometimes you like do a fast trigger to like investigate, but it's not actually an action uh, in that instance. This one's weird. So it's it's performing a fight action. So I, I think you could trick race with it. Um, That's kind of what I was thinking too. Not one hundred percent sure. It's, this card has no rules questions kind of on the on the giant rules questions <laughs> yes. for MJ sheet. So the rules nerds must have figured it out con- uh, conclusively. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm going to say for now it does work with haste. You know, if I'm wrong, someone please comment. Let me know. I hate I hate. Uh, not knowing what a rule is so it keeps me up at night for hours um but yeah i don't know it seems neat um i think if you're doing one-handed weapons uh i think you should and, and you're doing rogue guardian you, i think you could work this in and it could give you some good action questions especially if you're like trying to fight like a big boss like it's like high experience cards so you probably don't see it till like later in the campaign so it'll be good yeah. for like blowing up a boss or whatever so uh why don't we move on to the next card yeah, uh, but I, I just want to say, is this the is this the hottest Arkham card art since like uh Watchful Peace or something? Is like I don't of, know, there's 
Because it's a Delilah. <laughs> because the holster is red and red's the best color. It. it I don't know. I mean, she's. <laughs> There's a lot of red on this. I think it's. I don't know. I think Dan does uh, it, a it thing is, for redheads. Also, it's probably, a, probably honest, MJ and everyone in the Arkham Art Department because there's a lot of redheads in this game. Honestly, like I'm gonna be honest, the the carrying the gun thing really it really works for me. Like that's really that's <laughs> yeah. really something. Um, this is this is Delilah, right? Is that that's it is. right? Yeah, that's definitely okay. Delilah. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised she has. Yeah, there's art. Is she like a character in one of the other games? Like having two pieces I mean, of art with it's... the same ally, like same side character, seems a little weird, right? I, I think it's honestly like the the gun and the hat like if you could date a hot lady Indiana Jones like that's that that's that's the whole thing right like that's obviously tier one or whatever so I guess I guess this was this this was the same artist actually um, yeah Kim, like a... uh, Kimple yeah with that that's the first name uh, so <laughs> yeah um, no it's great art. I, I mean, I it's possible that. they like they ordered the art and like they, they like just made two two arts of the same character. And like, I guess hey, I guess if we're talking the hottest, the hottest uh, art in in the set, this this like protective gear is also pretty hot, technically, right? Like like this this competes pretty highly with that. So <laughs> that uh, is true. Protective gear. Can, yeah. can we move to the next card so that nobody has the time to absorb that that miserable <laughs> joke, please? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's. Do it. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> So this is this is a fun one, right? We have uh, we have one of the aforementioned big two-handed melee weapons. It's Sledgehammer, and there's two versions of it. There's a level zero version and a level four version. It is uh, it is a guardian and survivor asset. So the level zero version um, has a combat icon. Um, it's both versions are item, tool, weapon, melee. Both versions take up two hand slots. The level zero version has action, fight. You get minus one combat and deal plus one damage for this attack. And it has double action fight. You get plus two combat and deal plus two damage for this attack. The level four version has three combat icons instead of one. And uh, the abilities that it has are the single action fight. Instead of minus one combat, you get plus one combat and you still get plus one damage. And then instead of a double action fight, it has a triple action fight. You get plus five combat and deal plus five damage for this attack. Um, so it's kind of interesting, right? It's yeah. Go ahead. I think the other important part that you're missing is that Sledgehammer level zero is 20 pounds of steel vengeance, mm -hmm. and Sledgehammer level four is 25 pounds of steel. Vengeance. Right. So five pounds you... makes a big difference. Yeah, and it's funny it, that it, just adding you have five to pounds makes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not a physicist, Dan, but I think five pounds makes all the difference when you're swinging a big hammer at a monster's head. <laughs> You know. I mean, it definitely. I would say it increases the kinetic energy by twenty five percent, give or take. <laughs> so, um... I mean, Sledgehammer Level Four is the legendary item that that Ben smashed a Cthulhu so hard its its child died. Oh yeah, that is. We can never uh, forget this. I, I that, like that was, that was a moment. <laughs> I like Sledgehammer Four because um, I it's it's good and it's good and hard and expert because like you want to do minimal tests in those and this gives you also a big bonus to help counteract the big negatives um and i ran it in daniela uh in our run during arkham knights so it was great swing i uh, it, it tricked me into putting one live and learn in my deck right uh so that if i missed i missed with an auto fail i could retry the attack <laughs> um i don't think i ever used it no, no actually i think i used it once so you know, it worked out worth that, it 
Um, <laughs> hey, it saved a whole turn. But I like it because the action question is really nice. It helps balance out against Dan when he's playing like Mandy and his turn takes 100 years because he has to shuffle his deck 30 <laughs> times. Uh, and it's like, all right, my turn, I do one thing and I kill the monster. Great. Let's move on. Uh, I think the it's, big weakness... Not... It's not that weird because as a seeker, you have one button, Archaic Glyphs, which is like, uh, you know, action, discover, you get plus a million and discover a million clues. <laughs> yeah. And this is like that for fighting, only it takes your whole turn. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I mean, but it is, I mean, I think what we were getting at is it is funny that adding five additional pounds of Steel Vengeance makes a big difference. And the level yeah. zero one, the, the level zero one seems pretty bad. And the level four one is like at least sort of good, right? Yeah, the the level zero one, like the the basic fight action, just minus one fight for one extra damage. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it is it is like a sort of a costless plus one damage, right? Like or conditionless. Like a lot of the level zero weapons have some other condition on them to get the plus one damage. Yeah, um, and and like I'm like I'm a big proponent of the thirty two in like mark decks, which doesn't give you a combat bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you could say like, okay, well for mark you don't need the combat bonus as much. I don't really want like a minus one. You know, like, I mean, I, I might not need a combat boost that much, but I definitely don't want a minus one, you know? Yeah. yeah before, and... before considering a level zero version of this, let me ask you a question. Do you want a card that is worse than Kukri in your deck? <laughs> uh, no, Dan, I don't. <laughs> then don't play this card. Do you, do you want on. a card that's well, worse than Kukri in your deck? I mean, I mean is, I mean, is this worse than Kukri, like, Sometimes you do. I mean, because like it's two a- two actions to deal three damage, right? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, it's this is Kukri is one action actually... to there's two actions to deal two damage. Like that's, that's yeah, like so this is good. Th- this is not worse than Kukri. I mean, okay. Kukri's very very bad. <laughs> well, well, this takes up both hand slots. Yeah, I guess the only single action fight action that I can think of that's worse than this one is the one on Knuckle Dusters. You are forgetting a lot of very bad weapons that exist in this game. Well, well I guess that that does an extra damage. Oh, okay. Single, well, single sure. action fight yeah. action that does an extra sure. damage. Sure. The only thing one that I can think of off the top of my head, and correct me if I'm wrong, is letting I mean, the enemy get retaliated. I mean, knuckle duster so, isn't bad if you have a five combat. You know. <laughs> sure. Sure. Or so is Tony a five combat? Yeah, he does. I don't know. So so let's let's break this down. Let's look at just the level four version, and let's break this down as like pros and cons. Mm. Pro, extremely cool, uh, <laughs> very fun. Will seem will feel really awesome when you hit something with it. Great. Um, the fact that it never runs out of ammo is nice. The basic act, the fact that it gives you the flexibility. It's not like flamethrower where it's either like you know do the full on flamethrower and like use up a use up a charge and you know potentially waste a lot of stuff just to deal a weak enemy it kind of has this built in like little attack that you can use for little enemies and then a big attack that you use for big enemies mm-hmm. all of that is really cool it's not too expensive it's only 3 we've seen a lot of weapons that are more expensive um all that is nice the con i think ben said it was very hard to actually be able to do the triple action unless you either have extra actions or you have like infinite goddess mandy teleporting you teleporting around and shortcutting you right? yeah like, like yeah the that is the penalty right? like you need a way to be able to move around actionlessly to like be able to efficiently use this uh unless the yeah. enemy unless because the enemies don't always necessarily spawn on you sometimes they spawn your teammates or they're uh you know spawn in an empty location or they're a boss that spawns at x location or whatever so um having like it's someone also like, shortcut yeah. you or 
uh, you know, safeguard or so something like that to help you move around actionlessly so you can spend those three actions uh, is pretty key. Or, or, or even well. or even some like I'll handle this one or like mm. uh, the, the, those types of cards. Yeah. I, I will mention one thing that's extremely funny about this, possibly even funnier than hitting Dagon so hard that you killed his 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 op, his spawn. Uh, you're you know you do the triple action. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. If you're attacking something that is in someone else's threat area and you draw the auto fail, <laughs> you will probably kill that person, right? Well, and think of how funny that would be. That, that would be pretty and funny. Just, and just think about it. You can kill them and then play live and learn and then swing again at the enemy and maybe also kill the enemy. It's like, well, your sacrifice wasn't in vain, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, you could yeah. you could run right, I guess you could run right whistle to like pull the enemy off of someone so you don't have a chance of killing them. Yeah. But that, I mean, but, that but, kills all the tension, and, and, really. And, and, well, and that's that's like the flip side of what Ben was saying, which is that if you're in expert mode, only having to do one test to do a ton of damage is really, really good, right? And a test where you, where you get plus five, like, okay, you get plus five, you commit like an overpower or something, or like a courage, you're at like plus seven, like even the minus eight, you probably pass in a lot of cases. Like, I mean, that is pretty good. Like, in some cases, this is neat. It's just too bad that the... Um, I feel like the real bummer is isn't Cyclopean Hammer like kind of better than this most of the time? That's the thing. It, yeah. Assuming you're not like a survivor, like if you're a survivor, you can take this, but you can't well, take Cyclopean Hammer. I mean, but... Cyclopean Hammer is definitely seems very good. I haven't I haven't actually seen it. in... oh no, no. Uh, Kim was playing it on Lily, right? And it was hitting everything across the board. It's great. Uh, I mean, it is. It, it <laughs> is more expensive, and it's not very good for people that have really low will. But yeah, you know, it, apart it, from it, that, it's five experience and five to play. Um one action to deal two to three damage depending if you succeed by enough right yeah right um, and the thing, well the thing about that is that like time worn brand gives you plus two combat and, and plus one damage right anybody with t at least two will it's it's a time worn brand that can potentially do three damage it's just better than time worn brand <laughs> and like with sledgehammer i think the most i i think it's just like really it's just a solid card i think it's just like a good like bash them over the head flavorfully just a pretty solid card like uh the fact that you can take this in wendy is fantastic i'm very i'm very very excited to use this in wendy well and yeah and you know unlike the cyclopean hammer and a lot of these other things daniela can take it right like but that's right. half the reason ben <laughs> is playing it is because yeah, you just don't have too many options as daniela um yeah. and and you know even if you do mostly want to play the cyclopean hammer uh, you know, you, you you can only play two copies of that. So this is like your backup, right? You play like one or two copies of this, and it's like if you don't have a Cyclopean Hammer in your opening hand, maybe you have one of this instead, and you can still wreck face, right? Yeah, yeah. That point, Chad is bringing up um, the fire extinguisher, the new fire extinguisher, level three fire extinguisher. We actually think that's pretty good now. Um, but th this is just more of the beefy, like compared to. Um, chainsaw kind of a kind of a thing right like both flavorfully like chainsaw and sledgehammers go hand in hand right like and the the weird sure. fact yeah. that that um that like these are both survivor cards and that this can also be a guardian card is really cool yeah the, like i want this in both classes yeah new fire extinguisher is just plus one fight plus one damage for an action so yeah. maybe in like you know in in standard Fire extinguisher is probably a little bit better than Sledgehammer because you you know it's probably easy enough for you to pass a couple tests. I still stand by that uh, in hard or expert, having that plus five fight in one action is very strong. Really um, solid, yeah. So 
if if you can actually manage to be in a position to use your entire turn to yeah. just attack once. Yeah, you've got safeguards. It, Mark that, and Roland have it, shortcuts. It doesn't happen every scenario, but there's definitely scenarios with a big boss that you need to whack a couple times. Uh, also, if there's if there's ever a deck to play, uh, what's it what's it called? Relentless, like the punching bag. Where <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> there's, if there's ever if there's ever a weapon to use with that, I think it's this. So, uh, oh, if you is... like squish a one health cultist, do you get five resources? I forget how that card works. But... Uh, but, boy, does you it, deal excess damage to enemy. You put that yeah, <laughs> put that damage on relentless, oh, and, then you, oh. and then you can convert to buddy. Oh man, it's it's, I... it's still pretty bad, but you know. Um, that is a very funny way to get a lot of money. Like you use the triple action to kill like a <laughs> kill a rat or something. Rat. <laughs> you get five, five money. <laughs> uh, let's let's let, let's move on though to the next uh, card. Yeah. So the next card is snipe. Uh, this is a level one, uh, zero cost event. It is for guardians and rogues. Um, it is a tactic. And then it says, during the next fight action you perform this turn, using a ranged or firearm asset, treat each skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or autofail token you reveal as a zero token. This attack does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Um, one thing that is here that is it, not in has, most cards that have ever been printed in this, com- this game. It has com- combat and agility icons. Yes, and it, and it does have combat agility icons. Is that um, this treats the autofail as something that's not the auto fail. <laughs> um, it it is still very bad. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's not great. And I think it's because it takes an action. You kind of have to like set up first and then you do that. But it's bad for guardians, I would say. For rogues who have access to like sawed off shotgun and things they really want to make sure hit like pack a punch, they're gonna throw like, you know, Winnie's gonna throw six skill cards at something. This ensures that you're going to deal six damage almost every time, right? I mean, like, I mean, yeah, ro- rogues, rogues are rolling in extra actions, so that they yeah. usually that that, that can sometimes uh, be hard to make use of because um, all their stuff exhausts. But so this might be good for rogues. Yeah, guardian. I don't know who would want to use it on. Uh, it's not. An, it's not an insight, so it's not like Joe could use it to like play for free or something. Um, Just man, I I really don't want to spend a card and an action just to make the autofail not do anything you know like like i mean, I mean that's obviously we're scared of the autofail but like if you're spending a card and an action just to do that like because this isn't helping you pass on a minus five or like a minus six or a skull it is it, this is way more a rogue card than it is a guardian card i think because okay. there have been so many times that I've really wanted to make sure one attack hits, which is usually with the shot off shotgun or something that will deal a million damage if it hits, as long as you don't pull that one symbol. And this is the way to prevent that. Notably, um, Parallel Roland can take this and make it fast. So he's like the only investigator in the game, I think, that can do that. Yeah, I don't have much else to say on this one. I think I think if you have a lot of rolling actions and you're shooting stuff or you're using the bow, and, and you're like in hard mode or expert, maybe this helps you out. Dane, um, Dane, yeah. are you gonna are you gonna put this in like a Tony deck, or are you going to like think about it and then decide you don't have a slot for it? I think I'm gonna put this in a Winnie deck over any over any other deck because Winnie can use this for its sight guns if she needs to. 
Um, she'll find it eventually again. And you, if you take like a shotgun or whatever, then like this is the card that you want to play with that. You want to succeed by a billion and you want to make sure it hits. And this is 100% certain that that attack will hit. Which feels great, honestly. As as long as you can also pass on whatever the, the lowest negative number is. Like as long well, as sure. you can also pass on a minus yeah, five right. or something. That's yeah. why winning. Once Rennie's up and running, she commits like two cards every test. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, that's that's why Winnie. So yeah. All right, why don't we move on? Um, so up next we have Talisman of Protection. This is a Mystic Survivor card, level zero. Uh, it's cost two, it's an asset, has one willpower icon on it. It's an item and a charm. Fast, play only during your turn. Play Talisman of Protection under the control of any investigator at your location. Uh, reaction, when you're assigned damage and or horror that would defeat you, discard Talisman of Protection, cancel up to two of that damage and or horror, uh, and it takes up an arcane slot. There's an event that does this, right, in Survivor? Yeah. It's like but, one of those, but you play Proactive. It's, it's, like it's like a double will icon card that we used to play sometimes. Yeah, like a... and like Kaplan and stuff, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting card. Like, the only damage... Yeah, Perseverance uh, is the event. Yeah. The, I mean, the only damage or horror that really matters is the one that will defeat you, right? So, <laughs> like, this this could protect you against that, I guess. I was trying to figure out how to put this into, like, a Lily deck to use with, like, Dragon Pull, um, but I gave up on Dragon Pull. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's definitely... It's really funny to me that this is called Talisman, the art clearly shows it's a thing that somebody wears around their neck, and yet yeah. it takes up an arcane slot instead of an accessory slot. I didn't well, notice that. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, it's an item and a charm. It is kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's it's an item and a charm. The, yeah, I don't know. I, I the, Yeah, I, I guess they were like, oh, it's like a magic thing. You know, it, do, it doesn't conflict with you also having a lucky cigarette case around your neck, or however that works. It's, it's just, it's just <laughs> weird to me. In that case, it's, it's weird that it is an item, if that's the case, but... I, I, mean, I guess I, because I, it's like Mystic and Survivor, they're like, oh, the Mystic part of it is it's a it's, it's a chance lot, you know, and yeah, a charm. It's a charm. And the, yeah, yeah. the Survivor part of it is it it helps deal with damage and horror, you know. Um, I I think if you're a Mystic, you probably need your arcane slots, or there's a good chance you do, and you can just play deny existence. If you're a Survivor, uh, I mean, you, you probably still have better options, but like, if Bob really wants to just hand out items to people. Um, it could be a pretty good synergy enabler because it's like a, a, a two class card. So yeah, like you could be you could be Bob. You could like give this to like a seeker and then there join the caravan is like really cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You, yeah, we're we're kind of stretching here, but like it's true. Yeah. It help it could help enable synergy because you can hand it out. Um, I right. guess Cal- Calvin might like it because it's a way he can go to maximum Calvin yeah. mode and it's another way to protect himself. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah, you know, he this only is... needs he only needs so many of those cards in his deck, but. Um, it's an <laughs> yeah. option. I feel like there were there were definitely fewer Calvin cards this cycle, this entire set than there typically are. So we're kind of <laughs> making up for that a little bit at the end. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think. I mean, like Dexter can play this fast if he needs the fast asset to play to get something into play that he doesn't really care about too much. Um, there's there's some use for it. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I think it's I, th- I think it's an interesting card. Like Diana can use this to put it under her in case she's in dire straits or whatever. Um, yeah, only six cards with spirit on them. This wait, set. is 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 Diana a member of the the band Dire Straits? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, could okay. be. 
That was that was my turn to make a really terrible joke. Um, <laughs> any anything else to say about talisman of protection? Yeah, uh, farewell. We'll see you never. I, I tried to put in Lily and I, I gave up because Lily yeah. needs ways to, to turn on the dragon pole. You need like fast arcane slots that are cheap, and like this was like one of the only options. Is this uh, really good for Daniel? And, and, and you know, you, you know what happened, Ben? Eventually, you gave up. And you said, "Screw it, hammer time." And yep. you yeah, said, that is what I, that is what so. I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Daniela, because she takes damage and horror, but she, there's other stuff that might be okay, like, as a level zero card, you rotate out, just initially or something, I don't know. Oh, sure, sure, like Peter and I, Jess. I guess it's like, as Diana, you, you would really like to play Spiritual Resolve, but you can't, so, like, this is another arcane slot or, I didn't yeah, play, Dan- I guess. Yeah, Daniela. Uh, I guess, yeah. did, we, did we mention Diana, though? Because, I mean, this is something that Diana could tuck, but I guess it only triggers when, when you're about which, to die. Which is basically dead. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, maybe not, yeah. so... Uh, yeah. I'm going to the next card. All right. Uh, yeah. So the next one is uh, unscrupulous low. Yes. Uh, it is a rogue survivor asset, so you know it's going to be good. Uh, it is <laughs> level three, cost zero. It's a pact, uh, and it says limit one per investigator. Cannot leave play. Uh, reaction after you play unscrupulous loan gain 10 resources wow uh forced when the game ends or you are eliminated if you have fewer than 10 resources in your resource pool exile unscrupulous loan i'm gonna um, say right now this is s tier for standalone <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. played it played it in trusted and standalone blob holy hell this thing gives you so much money it's it's kind of yeah i mean i was at first kind of like a little confused about how good this would be but if you're a big money deck and you're just trying to have a lot of money to turn on your bullshit to turn on like uh what is it the fan and like money talks and stuff like that like you're not necessarily going to like get 10 resources and then spend it all you're going to like get 10 resources so you can eventually get up to 30 and then spend a lot but also gain a lot Hmm. this is like exactly the card that that deck wants yeah yes I think this is very good for big money decks. Um, you know, it, it could be fun as a gamble card if you're like trying to get the really like you want to play stuff early, but then you don't need money as much later in the game, uh, so you can just rebuild it. But yeah, big money yeah. is where it's going to shine. Yeah, it's it's also I I mean I kind of like that like the worst thing that can happen is you're basically out three XP, which is definitely bad, but mm-hmm. maybe this is the last scenario of the campaign. Maybe you have XP and you don't have much else to spend it on because you're a survivor. You like, deja vu to soften the yeah, ex- ex- maybe, yeah. maybe you have deja vu and you're doing exile tribal. Like there's a lot of situations where that's just not that bad. And yeah. it's not like taking the O-ball where like, if you mess up with the O-ball, you just lose the game and He's you're dead. dead. Yeah. This is like, again, you're out a few XP and maybe again, maybe it's the last scenario. Maybe you don't even care. Yeah, so yeah. that that makes this seem like pretty good to me. Can we agree that this card should just be called like Super Devil Money? Because that's what this is, right? This is also a pact. You mean you pact with the bank? So is that worse than Devil? That's, that's <laughs> in most cases worse than Devil. I, I mean, I I mean, I think like I mean, Devil Money is like you kind of like you know handshake deal with the devil that you're gonna like do something kind of bad and he's gonna like hand you a little bit of cash. This Hello. is like the devil is like investing. The devil is like your angel investor in your like A series, whatever. Like, <laughs> like, like you, you and the devil are like in a partnership now, I think, or something. Yeah. Although, maybe is this like an illegal loan? Is it actually with a bake, or, or is it with like a mob or something like your? It's an unscrupulous loan. So, so it's not scrupulous. That's what that means. Okay. 
<laughs> no, but but I think for, for real, this card is is like kind of before before this card came out, other uh, rogues and and even just other investigators would have a really hard time doing doing big money. Other than like Preston, I've seen Toady get to pretty high numbers, and Jenny. Jenny, I guess. Yeah. This this card alone can can definitely elevate other people to do big money stuff. Like zero for ten is a ridiculous amount of money. I I kind of got into thinking about more cards in terms of like how much because big money cards there's a lot of big money that that uh, you need to hit a certain threshold for right. So for mm-hmm. Black Pan, for example, um, it costs three to play, and then you need to be at ten to get its first benefit, fifteen to get its second one. So it's it's offsetting that goal even a little bit. This doesn't even offset that goal a little bit. Like you don't even need to have any money to do that, and the differential between this card is just nuts. Like you, this just fulfills everything. Like you're gonna you're gonna set up your rig, right? Which which mm-hmm. might cost like a gun, uh, you know, maybe an ally, which would be like maybe eight or something like that. This completely offsets that and then some. And then this is the class rogue that has access to Faustian bargain too. So like, you just have you have four cards in your deck that give you thirty dollars. <laughs> That's so yeah, much I've, money. I've like I've traditionally uh, I've been pretty skeptical of like the just have a lot of big money decks just because I don't think like well connected or money talks are that great for payoffs. But the fan, I mean, they just printed the fan, which is pretty yeah. serious. Yeah. So like it's definitely worth. It, yeah, I mean that that that's worth like a reevaluation of this. Here's my question though. So if you're if you're a rogue and you're gonna spend three XP on this. Are you sure you shouldn't get another day, another dollar instead? Like, how would you compare those two cards? Porcainelos dos. <laughs> well, 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 no, but but I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, like which one do you go for first? I would say this because because this this is pretty good, but this is like if you screw up, you might lose it. You have to actually find it. You can only play one per... It has no icons on it, and you can only play one per game. You can still have two in your deck, right? But if you do, you kind of spent XP just to put something in your deck that you can't play or commit. I guess that's another good question. Would you get two of these? Yes. Knowing that you, knowing, knowing that you can only play one, and there's no icons on it. Oh, it's I, the best guy. I didn't even know De- depends, Yeah, it depends how good your draw engine is. If you have a good draw engine, then you just yeah. get one, I think, and you'll eventually draw it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To your first question, I, I kind of feel like another day on a dollar is going to provide a little bit more consistency to your setting up. Um, I mean, maybe if you're like Savina or someone that like gets to look at a lot, large chunk of their deck, uh, maybe you, you pick this up first because there's a good chance they can get it, or someone else. If there's anyone else that has a better mulligan, uh, mulliganing, I guess. Uh, is there a way that you can like what, what if you give it to somebody? Uh, not, not really. on the card itself. I mean, you can teamwork, teamwork it, right? They could, they you could, could well, actually, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, you could, you could play this <laughs> and would, you, uh, teamwork it to someone else that, that they have play to. Another one. Uh, that would be like, the, that would be like the Zedru decks in Magic where they like give you a thing that if it goes away, you lose or something. Um, yeah, no, this is yeah. like you play an unscrupulous loan, give, the, give it to somebody else, then play your second unscrupulous loan. That's the money right there. I, uh, I, but then you I, to... I don't really, I don't really know the answer of whether this is whether you should get this before <laughs> another day, another dollar. I feel like I would lean towards getting another day, another dollar first. But I, I don't play this type of deck, so I don't really know. I don't think I would play two of these. As good as it is, I think I probably would still only play one, just because the cost of something in your deck, unless you're playing like cornered or something, maybe then you'd you'd play two. But uh, 
the cost of having something in your deck that is like a completely dead card after the first one is I, I would probably only play one of these but i don't know maybe maybe that's wrong what if you're playing a rogue deck with the new rogue permanent where you can only have uh one of every card in your deck but you have 25 cards yeah well, then, then, it's easy, then, it, then it's an easy decision for you yeah yeah, yeah right. so yeah. like <laughs> you and you have a good chance of getting it early with that it could be yeah. interesting at least all right um let's move on to the last set of cards uh, which I'm going to attempt to read through as fast as possible. Um, <laughs> so many so, cards. So the last, <laughs> the last set of cards that we have are the uh, tri-class talent cards. So we got five cards. Each one has three classes that can access it, and they're all templated very similarly. So I'm just going to read uh, Prophetic, which is a Guardian Mystic Survivor. It's cost three, has and it's three experience. It's an asset. Uh, has two willpower icons, and it's a talent. Uh, the effects on all these cards is uses to resources, replenish these resources at the start of each round. And then uh, resources on Prophetic can may be spent to pay for fortune, spell, or spirit cards. Uh, and then it has a free trigger. During a skill test on a fortune, spell, or spirit card, you can spend a resource off of Prophetic. You get plus one skill value for this test. Uh, and then all these cards are very similar. So Sleuth is Guardian Seeker Mystic. It has intellect icons on it, uh, and it's used for charm, tactic, or tomes. Um, Bruiser is Guardian Rogue Survivor with combat icons on it, and it's used on armor, firearms, or melee cards. Uh, Crafty Seeker Rogue Survivor, uh, two agility icons, and it's used on insight, tool, or trick cards. And finally, we have Antiquary, which is Seeker Rogue Mystic. It has a single willpower icon on it, and it is used on Favor. Wild. Oh, sorry, yeah, Wild Icon, and is used on Favor, Relic, or Ritual cards. Um, so I think, like, to discuss all these, it's really all about, like, whether the keyword that's on it, the trait, uh, if you have, like, a good, if there's a good amount of those cards, like, enough that you'll, like, play a lot of them in your deck so that you could trigger this often enough. And uh, even better if there's also like if there's also like assets that you like trigger to do a test on because then you can also use it to get skill boosts. So do any of these cards stand out as ones that are like oh yeah this is like really good a lot of the time? Or... I think so. These cards at face value are very just kind of okay. Like they're not explicitly great for resource generation. They're not explicitly great for like pumping skills because they have to be those things specifically. The other part about this that that shines is that they're they're triple class, which means that uh, synergy is turned on very easily, right? Mm -hmm. Like if if you have this in, for example, the the, the one that I was considering was a prophetic in Carolyn, um, because she has access to a lot like a weirdly high number of spells and spirits, which actually kind of makes it okay to play. Also, she's probably one of the investigators. She has she has access to the most permanents like natively. Um, where they're not her color so she has like uh, uh, and i'm not talking about lola um we're just talking about like um shrewd analysis which is something that she really likes already and um also well, i guess rabbit hole but you can also take one of the um arcane research on her so that automatically puts her at two and then if you play this you get the third one or three or whatever mm -hmm. um that could be useful for her. I tried Crafty and Winnie because I was using lockpicks and um, 
Pilfer, level three. So you could just keep recurring it every turn and you keep getting the value off of Crafty, which is good. But these cards, like, depending on when you play them in the game, it really, really matters. If you play this, like, turn one or turn two, that's great. It's probably going to generate you some value. But this is really a long-term sort of a card where, like, you really need to have this consistently getting you value every turn or every two value or two turns like for it to even be worth it yeah i mean just looking at the cost reduction it's you know two resources every turn if you can get it play it you know it's an action and three resources so in order to like get a net gain of it you have to like play three cards right and get the discount um that's assuming you don't want the skill bonus Uh, if you're also getting the skill bonus and you know it's got more value uh, i think some of them you might just ignore the skill power bonus and just try to use it to to play stuff cheap like the insight one that's like all seeker events right right well (laughs) even 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 then even if you're saying okay this is giving me like a net value on money Mm -hmm. you still have to compare it against just other money cards you could play that are less complicated where the sequencing isn't as dicey like where because this you really have to get it it's, it's like robes of endless night which is a card that seems pretty good and then we tried playing it and we were like oh this actually sucks (laughs) um like like this this is kind of similar where like it's a money card that is a lot worse if you don't play it very early and it's a it's a pretty big upfront cost like three dollars for a card that initially doesn't do very much like you you kind of have to like play it early and definitely be very confident that you're going to be able to activate it a lot right and i uh, just just offhand the one that seems like the potentially the the most reliable is bruiser just because like if you're a guardian you know you you can get the skill bonus every time you activate your like because basically every weapon is like a firearm or melee pretty much right so like at the very least it's going to hopefully save you a few bucks it's probably going to pay for itself plus it's going to give you a little bonus every time every time that you're fighting stuff um the rest of them might you might be able to use them as reliably but it's really going to depend on your deck and i i think you i i think there might be a lot of decks where it's just like none of these is really worth playing yeah i think yeah. the synergy thing is pretty explicitly like the reason right. why you want these yeah synergies really like want to turn on synergy stuff synergies do threes and i think a couple of them do stand out like the the prophetic has both uh has spell on it i mean you, you mentioned like robes ends a night uh wasn't as good um, it is it has a similar effect to Robes of Endless Night, except it's a bigger discount, right? Robes is only minus one, I think. One. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the spirit uh, Calvin runs a ton of spirit cards. Nathaniel, all his cards are like all his cards are also spirit cards. This is um, this is something I wanted to talk about. Why the hell is Nathaniel the only guardian that doesn't benefit from Bruiser, but benefits from Prophetic <laughs> more than Bruiser, even uh, though he is the most Bruiser guardian in the game. Well, I think uh, are none of his events melee. No, I guess it's all assets. All of them are melee. spirits. You yeah. can't even use it on boxing gloves because boxing gloves doesn't have its own fight well, event. Uh, well, but does is it, it at least a melee card? It's not. You can you can <laughs> use this to pay for his boxing gloves. Yes, it's not. It's, that's it. Boxing gloves is not a melee card. Uh, <laughs> it is a melee card, but you don't take a test on the card. Right. You just yeah. take a fight action. No, I, I yeah. It it doesn't do, have the melee trait, is what I'm telling you. It is a, it it's does a, have it. It's an item and a weapon. It doesn't. It's not. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't have the melee, melee trait too. Yeah. Biggest uh, nombo. So you get don't take this with Nathaniel show. Well, don't take I mean, bruiser anyway. Again, this yeah, not bruiser, but prophetic for Nathaniel could be pretty good if he gets it down early. It's a lot of money. Uh, that could save him because all much. like almost all of his cards are spirit cards. Same for Calvin. Right. Um, 
I was trying to look at other ones if there's one that stand out. Uh, I it's think a lot just the 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 way that they've kind of split up the different traits is kind of weird. Like it's it's weird that Antiquary has like relic and ritual, but Prophetic has spell. Like it's, yeah. it's 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 if there was one that was like relic, ritual, and spell, I feel like that would maybe be a much more appealing to like mystics. Yeah, um, but you'd think that Antiquary would have charms, right? Well, Even... I think it's like they they tried to I mean, they, they tried to like match the they tried to kind of match the classes, I think, and mm. kind of like spread them out in an interesting way, which is cool. But I feel like most of these most of these cards, like if you put it in your deck, you're really mostly going to care about one of these traits. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. Like, um, I think it's like you if your deck has a lot of these traits already, you might throw it in there. Like Sleuth has Tome on it, so you know, like Daisy might want to run it, or uh, even, or especially like Parallel Daisy. No, you're shaking your head, Dan. Yeah, well, I, I think I think how many you you might only play like two tomes the entire time you're playing Daisy. Well, Parallel Daisy, you want to play like a bunch of them. That's more what I was thinking, but uh, yeah, you you have to just uh, do a cost evaluation. It's like, uh, am I if I get this down early, which I think is the assumption, because I think if you draw it late, it's like okay, I'm coming in for two skills um but if you draw early can you uh you know actually have of cards that you will play that you get the discount i think it's just what you gotta think about when you're gonna put in your deck and if, if you're thinking about going to put in a deck maybe when you build your deck you might switch a card in or two card or two in that also benefit benefits from it so um, yeah i do uh i like i like the art on prophetic quite a bit That's yeah too. that was my, one of my favorite ones from the set uh, definitely very cool. It's a real, it's it's a real. Please make a plane out of this, but they won't. Kind of an art. But, yeah. yeah, crafty is a child with a laser. Sure. Um, the, the crafty, crafty notable... reminds me of like Klaus from a series of unfortunate events. Uh, the the, <laughs> the right. nerd, nerdy science guy like builds stuff, you know. Yeah, crafty is interesting because like you're you're wanting to play it with insights, right? You're like, ooh, secrets have so many insights. I can play this with every insight, but all of the good insights either cost zero or are all fast. All secret cards are free and fast. Or there's or there's no or there's no like tests involved. I guess you yeah. could use it for like hunches. So, but like if if you're playing Joe, he's already getting a two discount, and like most of the like it's just like it's a little bit of a numbo there. But I did play crafty with Winnie, and and it did work mm-hmm. for me and Pilfer and um. Lockpicks. So I, that was kind of neat. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I was gonna say that's a trick, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> does this somehow make Rita playable? Um, is, is there enough tricks that she can put in her deck that <laughs> are too expensive to normally play? Like, what's the? Isn't there like the five uh, cost survivor card that's a trick? The one that lets you like evade everything. No, it's not oh, a no trick. Running distraction. It's not a trick. God. It's just a card you can take. Damn it. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I think they're I, worth uh, thinking I'm... about in some in in to because I think it'd be fun to like have a recording resource and have that be like your main money source. But I'm excited for Dan and I to have a reason to use our recurring credit tokens from Netrunner. That's gonna be fun. Uh, never mind. Yeah. These, card, these cards are garbage. They're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> haven't 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 used those since Mumba Temple and. Uh... <laughs> Bunch of, bunch of other I, random cards. I think that one thing that's that's really nice about these cards is that, like, considering that Edge of the Earth is like the first big box expansion, and and you know people are going to be getting the new core set, they might go for Edge of the Earth right now first, anyways. Um, these are really good teachers of like 
how resources work, right? Like how, how you should be spending your money and what you should be spending it on, because these can be good if you get them early on and you have enough stuff to fuel the rest of your deck with it. But if you want, if you're taking this because you're, you know, there's some stuff in your deck, you might get some value out of it. It'll very quickly teach you that this doesn't feel good to play early. You know, like there's sort of like the action of playing it, then the, then like how many actions you're taking doing these specific things you that will you know you need to calculate that payoff and if that's realistic for you or not so i think that that's really cool for these cards and the fact that they they work so well with synergies is is what i why i like them well let's uh so these these are the last cards we've already been going for a while but let's should we quickly segue to just talk about uh now that we've talked about all these cards what are our kind of overall impressions of this investigator expansion and what do we think of uh edge of the earth player cards as a whole yeah, I, I yeah. was thinking that, like, just coming off of what Dane said, like, the fact that there's so many multi-class cards um, that is very nice for people just jumping into the game because it does give them a, a kind of much bigger card pool uh, than if they bought another expansion, although maybe the multi-class cards aren't as strong as, like, pure class cards, but they're still, you know, a lot of them are pretty decent. Um so, but yeah, as a whole, this, this did dump a lot of cards. I think maybe a lot of the cards, I think we kind of ruled like, oh, this is very good in a very specific situation. Um, and there weren't as many cards that are like generically good, which I mean, I think that's fine. Like it, it's not very interesting if we just always get cards that are generically good and they replace whatever the last slightly worse version of that card is, right? That's good for like the game's growth um, to have like more interesting choices when you dick a build. So yeah, I, like, I, I definitely I'm, like I'm not sure if we got any. I'm not sure if we got any kind of like really staple cards like deny existence or lucky that just kind of go in like every deck that can play them. But uh, I mean that's that's kind of okay. We usually only get maybe like one or two of those per campaign anyway. And we if we go back and look, maybe there well, are well, listen, the hammer. The hammer is like the upgraded card to get now. So well, that's hammer. true. But 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 the fact <laughs> that like it is a really. One. The fact that it is like a high XP card that is like for one specific role kind of like limits what decks will will, will play it. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, yeah, there, I think that there's a lot of like inventiveness and creativity and a lot of edges, huh? Huh? Of 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 oh. card design <laughs> that were explored I... in this that we definitely didn't have before. Like things like old shotgun, right? And like the triclass talents. I never thought I'd see triclass things in this game. I didn't even know if we would see like upgraded gold cards, which is wild to me that they exist, but they do. And it's it's really neat the amount of deck building that this allows for. The my issue personally with the set is that uh, when I'm building decks, I've, I've built probably about twenty five decks at this point, and like, is that all? <laughs> and like every time I go, I like actually start a campaign. I'm like my arms are full and I'm like, I want to play test this. I want to play test this. I want to play test this. And I can't play test all of them. So I have to like, you know, pace myself and test things slowly. Um, but you know, that that's not an actual criticism at all. I, I love the fact that they gave us um, even like the starter permanence, right. Where, where they really modify the way that you're, you're going to think about like the rest of your deck is great even for beginners. Cause it, it really makes you think about how your deck is going to evolve, et cetera. Um, yeah, so I think that the set for me overall is a huge win in terms of player cards. 
I, I think they did a good job of putting in cards that appeal to, like, I, I don't really like the kind of, like, card game player archetypes thing because it's kind of reductive, but, like, they put in the kind of, like, Timmy cards, like the hammer, that are just, like, really fun, powerful-seeming cards that are going to, like, feel great to use. They put in the kind of, like, complicated, kind of, like, powerful, like, engine cards, like Eon Chart. They put in the kind of, like, uh, cards that maybe are not actually that great, but they're kind of, like, very thematic so even something like um, what was the one we what was the one we talked about earlier like uh, old shotgun maybe they yeah, put in the cards on, that are kind of like like a yeah they they put in the cards that are kind of like maybe not that great because they're kind of hard to to use but it could be kind of like a fun challenge to build a deck around them so I think that's pretty neat I think that you know we're we're five years into the game and like there's still a ton of design space and it really <laughs> seems like the it really seems like the design team is is you know firing on all cylinders and like they they know how to make interesting cards and I, I think that's great. Yeah, as mentioned in chat, Bangle of Jinxes came in this set, right? So that is true. We did, yeah. We we got Bangle of Jinxes, and for that we, we should all be very grateful. Bangle of Jinxes is truly truly a blessing for for everybody's mouths it's, who play this it's, game. It's, it's not actually a blessing. It's a bangle of jinxes. Yeah. <laughs> If it yeah. were a blessing, it would be called blessing of jinxes, but it's not. It's bangle. <laughs> it is a bangle. Yeah, that is right. Um, yeah. So I think I think pretty positive uh, for at least for the player cards. We're all playing through the uh, the, the campaigns. Um, some of us soon, so uh, we'll we'll be into that. Um, yeah. The, you know, in the I next... mean, the, these cards actually came out in the U.S. Uh, at this point, and I think the campaign yeah. is. Yeah coming out this week in a lot of places sort of i've seen mixed reports so asterisk at least in the us i mean it got released in like canada and the uk a couple weeks ago but i think at least the us which is i think most of our audience maybe uh will have an opportunity to play the campaign now so excited about that yeah well we've been going for a while so i think it's 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 good enough to say that's it for cards today um, but tomorrow at 7 uh, p.m. EDT, Dan and I are going to be continuing our adventure through uh, Return to the Circle and Done. So that'd be uh, Friday, December 2nd for everybody who's listening later. <laughs> um, we are going to be, we're, so we're using the, the campaign Terror Leading Destiny. It's been a pretty fun ride so far. We've, we've had some, we've had some stumbles, but we've also had some pretty, pretty cool moments. So um, we'd love for you to join us. If you're watching later, feel free to view it on YouTube um or twitch archive wherever you choose uh if you have any feedback or questions for us always feel free to email us at comments at mur.fm and uh, we'll read your message in a future episode we are collecting uh questions if, if you'd prefer to send them over to us uh, for a mailbag episode in the near future so please feel free to send your your questions over there if you want us to uh talk about some things um to stay current on what we're doing follow us on uh, social networks including instagram and twitch or join our discord server you can find the links to all these socials uh, at uh, social.mur.fm. Uh, if you really enjoy what we do and you want to get more involved, you can also uh, become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash University Radio, or just leave us a nice review on your favorite podcasting source. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us today in chat. And everybody, we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bangle of Jinxes. Bangle of Jinxes. Jinxes. <laughs>